This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. <laughs> okay. This is making me sad now. <laughs> I know. I know. It is sad, but I kind of laugh. It's the Adam Gold Show. Victoria's in her fields because Christian McCaffrey is a San Francisco 49er. I don't blame her for being upset or being sentimental and emotional about it because he is a great player and he is he was a Carolina Panther and he is no longer a Carolina Panther. And it's the the best players in your franchise are supposed to stay with your franchise. I got the Steve Smith thing. He had to go because the best player on your team at that point was Cam Newton, and that relationship wasn't good enough to keep Steve Smith around. I don't know if Steve Smith's ever admitted. I think he has admitted that he was kind of a jerk about that whole thing. But... Christian McCaffrey should have been a forever Panther, but they had to do something because by the time they became good, it was Christian McCaffrey probably wouldn't be. not Certainly not as good as he is now. And I've uh, termed this really a mercy trade. Like it was a mercy firing of Matt Rule, put him out of his misery. This is giving Christian McCaffrey meaning to his career. Serious meaning to the game that he's going to play, however many he has left to play. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer joins us as he does every Friday. Uh, all right, sir. Let's start with McCaffrey. It's sad. Your thoughts overall on what the Panthers got and what it means for Christian? Uh, let's see. I'm surprised that they couldn't get more, but I, I think it's probably a realistic return. I mean, when you compare it to what the Panthers gave up for Sam Darnold, it starts to look well, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yes. But in, in the end, look, this team is probably – I mean, I I think when you look at the offensive line, you look at the defense, this team can be competitive next year. They've got to get these decisions right that they keep getting wrong. But that said, I, I think if you can get this many draft picks for a running back who's often hurt, whose sell-by date is rapidly approaching – uh, and who has a, a you know a very large contract? I think they probably got out of this pretty easy. This was going to be an ugly divorce eventually because of the money involved. Given the circumstances with the team and the need to add some draft picks, it's probably a good time to cut the cut the cord with McCaffrey and, and move forward. In, in the end, they're going to need to use that salary cap space on players who aren't running backs. That's it's just mm-hmm. it's not a running back league. I don't think that contract was a mistake because they had an asset and they had to keep it. But it put them in a difficult position. Now they can kind of move forward and, and spend that money where it's going to help them more. So I don't have any problem with this. Um, I'm surprised the return wasn't bigger. I guess I shouldn't be. And as for McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, he's going to a team that, you know, is maybe not the greatest team on the planet, but now adds another weapon. The, the Niners have weapons. Mm-hmm. They've got Devo. They've got McCaffrey now. I mean, there's some talent there. They've got Kittle. It's, it's, it's a franchise that has assembled some weapons. So if they can – find the right guy, whether that's a healthy Trey Lance or maybe it's Jimmy G after all or whatever, uh, they, they put themselves in position to, to do really what the Panthers can't, which is score enough points that their very good defense can win games for them. And, and that's where the Panthers have to get to. Uh, 
All right, the the rare moment where I think Luke and I are on opposite sides of uh, of a discussion here. I, first of all, I agree that moving Christian McCaffrey was the right thing to do, as much for this franchise as it is for Christian. If like the the Sting song that I, that kept popping into my mind this morning was, "If you love someone, set them free." So they love Christian McCaffrey. So let him play games that have meaning. If he can play another. 50 games in his career, they'll have meaning with the San Francisco 49ers. Or if he moves on beyond then, uh, that's fine. I think he's going to stay with the 49ers uh, for a couple of years, whether it's that contract. They'll restructure that contract anyway after this year because it's easily restructured. Um, but I don't believe the Panthers. If if I thought the Panthers could be competitive next year, like legitimately competitive, then... I don't think you have to trade Christian McCaffrey. I just don't think they can be. I think they have more holes in their roster than I guess most people think they have holes in their roster. I think they need serious help at not only quarterback but receiver. I think they need serious help on the defensive line. I think they need another cornerback. I don't think that other than J.C. Horn, I think they're kind of thin at that position. Um, I think they have depth issues everywhere. I think they're a couple of years away. From being competitive. Adam Golden Studio with my friend Coach Pete Theroux, a Capital Financial Advisory Group. One of the things you do is you plan for worst-case scenarios. Yeah. Why? Well, because it happens. For instance, you're 65, you're thinking about retirement, you've got a million dollars built up in your 401k, you never rolled that money into a lifetime income plan, and the market tanked, and most of your money in 401k was in high risk. Let's prevent that, putting some of the money you have in a lifetime income environment, then you never worry about market downfall. So call us, we'll show you in writing if you call right now. 888 or you could text Adam to 600-700, and maybe you get some coffee, too. I mean, I just I look at the way the defense has played to start the year, and if their offense had been even borderline incompetent as opposed to a complete disgrace, <laughs> right. they'd have three wins. I, I just It's, it's not a, a, t- a tough division. It's a, it's a league where everybody's kind of geared up to go 500. I don't I, – I mean, obviously their draft capital is not great, but you know who knew it this time last year? that Baker Mayfield would be available the next season. Now, that hasn't worked out, but the point is guys become available. You have to be nimble and flexible and have the cap space to make moves like that, which the Panthers did, and it didn't work. But it it doesn't take much in this league. I I think the defensive line is okay. I think the, the, the defense is fine. And if you can find a quarterback, which is, you know, obviously a, a big if, uh, the Panthers may not be that far away. And we'll also see what Foreman and Hubbard have the rest of the season. I don't think either one of them is a uh, a cart horse back, but you never know. An opportunity can do strange things. Um, you know, there's going to be guys out there, whether it's Elijah Moore or whoever, who might be able to help <laughs> you. And you can you can flip things around quickly if you make the right moves. Do we trust the Panthers to make the right moves? I don't know that that's a question that anyone really wants to answer at this point. No. Look, uh, we have no idea if Scott Fitterer is the guy to rebuild. We we knew that Dave Gettleman wasn't. We kind of identified that early on, that Dave Gettleman wasn't the guy. Um, But, look, they have, again, I think they have serious holes in a lot of places that – uh, are going to be very difficult to maintain what they have and then fix other areas. Uh, I would have been an advocate for selling off almost everything except for like guys who are in their first or second years. 
I would have been fine with just selling everything for parts, getting as much draft capital as you could, and starting over. Uh, but that's not the way. I mean, to, to consider DJ Moore a foundational piece, I think they could. If they, I just don't know what you could get for DJ Moore. the The biggest asset they have is Brian Burns. Sure, they could have gotten a first and a third, probably, maybe even more for Brian Burns. And uh, but I understand why you wouldn't want to get rid of him. He's twenty four years old. Uh, and he's one of the best young players at his position. I don't know if he's one of the best players at his position, but he's certainly one of the best young players at his position. He's got four sacks already through six games, so maybe he's going to have that bust-out season. Um, but I don't know. Do you think Baker's going to be uh, the quarterback here next year? I don't think there's any chance of it. He's just <laughs> not right since the shoulder surgery. He can't elevate the ball. He's throwing the ball into the back of his linesman's helmets more often than anything else. Just, it hasn't worked. It was worth a no. shot. Yeah. They didn't give up much. They spent Nothing. some money. They gave up a draft pick. It didn't work. Nope. And, and honestly, look, I, people think I'm crazy when I say this. If you go back to the first three games of last season, when the offensive line was healthy and Christian McCaffrey was healthy, Sam Darnold looked like an NFL quarterback. Now, you and I disagree wholeheartedly on this. And now that McCaffrey's gone, I don't think you'll ever really know. But I would have liked to have seen what a healthy Sam Darnold could have done in week two or three of this season. When it was clear that Mayfield wasn't getting it done uh, with McCaffrey, with this offensive line, which I think is fine. I don't think it's great. It's fine. Uh, it could have kept Darnold upright. Hmm. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that. But that, that ship has sailed. They're going to have to figure something out, whether it's someone from somewhere else. Uh, I, I, I'm not – I say this all the time. I am not a draft evaluator. I'm not crazy about the quarterbacks in this year's class. Maybe the Panthers are so great. Um, I'd rather use that that really high pick to get a an impact player and try to find a quarterback somewhere else. But they're going to have to figure that out. It's it's not Sam Darnold. It's not P.J. Walker. It might be Matt Corral in two years, but will we ever know? It's certainly not Baker Mayfield. That that they got to figure that out, or all the rest of this is just you know song and dance. No but question, they're going to have the first pick in the draft. They're they're yeah. gonna, they're, gonna, they're that they're that good, if you will. Uh, they're going to have the first pick in the draft. All right, Luke Takak of the News and Observer. Let me ask you this question about the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, four games they lost last night. Obviously, uh, late night it was a sloppy game. I don't think Freddie Anderson was on top of it. Um, Andrei Svechnikov absolutely was on top of his game. So, give me a, your your view. Four games into the season, stuff that you have really liked, stuff that jury's still out on for you. Yeah, all right, really liked. Obviously, the best-case scenario for the Hurricanes was was both Svechnikov and Marty Natchez looking like they had turned it up a notch because these are two guys with, with so much potential, and even Svechnikov hasn't scratched the surface of nope. his potential yet. We're seeing that now. We're you know two weeks into the season, but that's what you wanted to see off the hop, and I think that's, that's great. Um, you know, I, I, you could almost throw out the Oilers game. It's stupid penalties. It's it's one, at least one pretty bad goal. You can't do that against a team like the Oilers on mm-hmm. the road. I mean, you're just not going to win. That's not something any team's going to overcome when you make those errors. Uh, I, I, I've been interested watching uh, Brent Burns adjust. It reminds me a little bit of when Dougie Hamilton got here in the fall of 2018. When you have guys who are that cerebral and play the game at that high a level, uh, it's really difficult for them to adjust to a new system sometimes because they they play without thinking most of the time. And now you're asking them to think, uh, and it, it just he feels like he's just a a, a hair millisecond behind mm-hmm. where he's going to be when he gets more comfortable. 
Um, but that I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing in any way. It just reminds me of the, the sort of Dougie Hamilton transition four years ago. Other than that, you know, Freddie wasn't great last night, but he and Ronta have been fine in their opportunities so far. They've taken care of business on the road against bad teams, which is the mark of a good team. And in Edmonton last night, they didn't bring their best game. They made some critical mistakes, and they were still right in it at the end. So, uh, you know, really, I, this is a train rolling right down the tracks. I don't really see anything that, that really worries me. Obviously, there's a couple guys who haven't gotten started yet. Looks like Teravinen feels like it's still training camp where he's always terrible. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I over the course of his career, you have faith that, that he'll get it going. And, you know, it'll be curious to see that, you know, I think the, the stall – Stastny Foss line is is going to get some some tough assignments in the next couple of games. It'll be interesting to see how they handle those because that is a new group and there is a little more tread on the tire, tread off the tires for those guys. And and that that to me is not something that has raised any alarm bells for me so far, but certainly bears watching. Yeah, it's it's funny because I think the stall Fost Stastny line was broken up in the uh, I think late second into the third period. Jordan Martinuk was uh, bumped up there, uh, but they really haven't had an opportunity except for the home game when they played against Columbus because Rod Brindamore controls the matchup. Uh, but, the uh, you know, whether it was Seattle or, um, or Edmonton or San Jose, they were, they were trying to attack the Kokaniemi line, and we saw that didn't work for, uh, for at, at least until Edmonton last night. Nobody really – it was just a pond hockey game for the most part. It was all over the place, very sloppy. Um, so I don't even know about Stahl, Fast, and Stasny. I, I, it, I mean, I don't think Paul's played great, but I also don't know that anybody on that line has played great. I think Jesper Foss is probably in the best player on that line, but I, again, I think it's kind of, I don't know. I that that line hasn't had really that many opportunities to show what they can uh, show what they can do. I'm I'm glad that you said that about Brent Burns, though, because my feeling is that. We, we have to kind of temper our desire for Burns to be great immediately when, through watching, we know he's not. He's been fine. He hasn't been bad. I think he made one, maybe two mistakes last night that cost a goal. He thought that Natchez was back on the shorthanded situation, and Natchez was not there, and Burns went to the passer as opposed to just leave him to Anderson and maybe that prevents the two-on-one from scoring. And then McLeod scores the shorthanded goal, which was a killer. And I think it cost the I think it cost them on the next goal, with which Burns was also on the ice for uh, with that. Um, but I so, so I thought he kind of made maybe two mistakes last night that cost them. Anderson won good, uh, but I'm I'm not worried about Brent Burns. But I I think you're right. I think he's thinking there was a play in the either the first or early in the second period where he had the puck in the slot. And rather than shoot the puck from the deep slot, he passed it, and no shot was taken. And yeah, that, that's I mean, got to be a like, shot. Like Doug, yeah, like Dougie, he's a guy who's going to play the game and think the game at a higher level than most players. I mean, most of the mistakes Dougie made, you know, like letting guys get behind him at the blue line or whatever, was trying to make plays nobody else tries to make. Um, and he he would he got that dialed in the longer he was there that first season, and then he, he got hurt and and, and that set him back. But, um, you know, I think when you look at Burns, you just, you just see a guy who's not quite the player that he usually is because he's not as comfortable as he usually is. Right. And, and, and look, again, like with the saw line, I'm not, there's no alarm bells here. This is, not, this is just something that is an observation more than anything. It's going to be interesting watching him 
sort of get up to speed, get to know Jacob Slavin a little better. Um, he's going to be fine. I mean, there's nothing in his history that would suggest he's not going to be fine, but it's just sort of interesting to watch that. And, and you know, the, the old guys too. I mean, that line has got to. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Has got to figure it out. They don't get the chances. You're right on the road. Uh, But they also should, on the road, if they're not playing against the opposition's best line all the time, that line should, the way it plays, be creating opportunities for itself. And I don't feel like we've seen that to the same degree as last season. No no question. Chemistry. As you said, they were broken up, and, and Martin got a chance there. Um, but but I, I think those are just they just bear watching. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason for panic yet. But um, you know, there's a lot of good things going on. I, mean, I think Aho has been good. Uh, I think you know, obviously the Svechnikov, Nature's Kokiemi line. I don't think Kokiemi has been exceptional, but those other two guys have been so good, no one cares. It's great to be a center playing with those two guys because you look like Wayne Gretzky no matter what you do. I, I think Kokaniemi has done the little things well. He has not been an offensive contributor, but he's winning a lot of faceoffs, and I think he's been he's good been in the middle. Fine. Yeah, he's been he's fine. Been fine. And, they, and I've always said, that's all he's got to be for me. Because the other yeah. two guys are going to do so much uh, to create offense, and I think they're also both playing defense. Final thing real quick for Luke Tukak. Uh, the return to Spectrum Center for Zion Williamson for the first time since 2019 when he was wearing a Duke uniform. Uh, I'm sure you saw the highlights, at least, of Zion when the Pelicans went to Brooklyn and absolutely beat the brakes off the nets. Uh, just just the smile to see Zion. That always dr- jumped out at me about Williamson was how much fun he always had playing, and I'm glad we get a chance to see it again. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I wrote this the year after he left. If we were in an NIL world, I'm convinced he would have come back for a sophomore year at Duke because no he would have made $10 million and he would have had the most fun of anybody in college basketball. Uh, it's, and, and someone else was, you know, uh, had tweeted something about Zion going back to the Spectrum Center. I still say that's one of the best UNC Duke games I've seen. If It may be, may be the best. Uh, that semifinal in Charlotte with the, the winner playing Florida State. Zion's second game back, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was up and down. It was crazy. You know, he hit the last shot, and I think Duke missed one, and UNC missed two shots that would have won it for either team. And and remember, you know, after they won it, Zion celebrating on the floor with the devil and all the confetti coming down. I mean, that was that we we had missed that whole second half of the season or last third of the season because of the the his shoe broke um, <laughs> and all that. And to for him to come back on that stage and play the way he did in Charlotte. Um, was was pretty remarkable and and uh, well, that was just a, just an epic game, one of the probably one of the better ACC tournament games. I don't think it's up there with State Maryland, but one of the better ACC tournament games, one of the better games in the rivalry. Um, we maybe have topped it since, but at the time that was that was up near the top. Yeah, Zion Williamson, his his year at Duke, however many games he played because he missed a, he missed a bunch, just a, a year that 
we were all lucky to be able to be around for. Luke DeCock of the NNO, I appreciate your time. At Luke DeCock on Twitter. Uh, eventually, the Hurricanes will come home, and I'll see you at PNC Arena soon. Maybe. <laughs> all, all right, man. Right, Take care. You, you got Bye-bye. it. Luke DeCock of the NNO. Are you struggling to get a good night's sleep? Look no further than Parkway Sleep. For 20 years, we have been your locally owned and operated sleep center. I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Did you know that people are waiting a staggering six to eight months for a sleep study at other sleep labs? At Parkway, we understand the importance of your sleep needs. That's why we offer openings within weeks, not months, saving you time. Don't let sleepless nights take over your life. Visit us today at parkwaysleep.com. Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Sound sleep, sound health. 